Jackson. I'm going to keep this in my pocket. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, it's great um, being here. I want to thank especially uh, Daddy, who is my daddy here, Pastor Goodluck, Okutiebo, and my mommy here in Houston, uh, Pastor Angela Okutiebo, uh, for this privilege to stand before you and uh, bring God's word to you tonight. I also want to thank the church. You know, uh, you all have stood by us uh, in this period where my wife uh, uh, hurt her ankles. Uh, I want to thank you especially for your love uh, in kind and in visit and, you know, in encouragement. Uh, you all have done so much and we are really very grateful. And I want to say that from where those, um, those kind, those gifts came from, God, God will replenish it more and abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, we're going to be speaking tonight. Um, I have it on my computer and uh, permit me to use it this way. <laughs> well, before we start, let's uh, say a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads as we talk to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this evening for a time like this um, to just discuss your word. I give you glory and praise. I submit myself under your authority and I ask that you take over in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, let your word come forth with power and let it be a solution to all of us here in the name of Jesus. Amen. So tonight, I'm going to be talking about overcoming life challenges. Overcoming the challenges of life. That's the topic uh, that I have for you today. And uh, I'm going to be defining three key themes. Uh, about this topic. The first one is uh, what is life? Uh, the context in which I'm going to talk about life is looking at it from life experience. You know, so for this message I would define life within the context of our experiences over the period of the number of years that we've spent on earth. So, and I say that your, your life experience is the sum total of what you have done what you have done or what has been done to you, what you have observed being done to others. You know, that is the knowledge you've gained from your family, knowledge you've gained from your school, knowledge you've gained from your relationship from the day you were born, even up to now. So the sum total of all of that makes up your life experience. The other... Um, the other thing we're going to be dwelling on is challenges. So challenges can be defined as an undertaking. You know, something that you, you take on or something that comes onto you and it has a certain level of difficulty that you require to overcome in order to what? Continue on your path uh, of progress. Uh, sometimes... Uh, it can overcome you, and then you, that person ends up going in another direction. So that's a challenge. Uh, so challenges can be positive, and uh, so for instance, your educational pursuits, you decide to go and study medicine, for, for example, we have a couple of doctors here. That's a positive challenge. It's a task that needs to be worth accomplished. We also have negative challenges, uh, which can be in the form of 
uh, the pandemic that we are dealing with right now, the COVID, or dealing with the loss, or children straying away from God. Those are examples of negative challenges. Now, the third thing I'm going to define is your purpose. Man was created for a purpose. And when I say man, I also mean the woman. Because in Christ, the man, the woman, they mean the same thing. The, the Bible always refers to it as man, but the woman is uh, included. So, God created us to fulfill a destiny. In Genesis chapter 1, 27 to 30, you see that we were created in the image of God. And God created us to have dominion. He said, rule over, you know, the earth. Rule over the plants, rule over the animals. So God gave man a purpose. The same thing applies to us. When we study the Bible, we see that the route that we're going to go to achieve our purposes in life is not so smooth. It's made up of what we call challenges. There are certain difficulties, there are certain tasks that need to be accomplished before you get to where your purpose in life is. Praise the Lord. So tonight, we are going to be looking at examples from the Bible, looking at some negative challenges and uh, some positive challenges to illustrate uh, what I'm talking about. So we'll start from the negative. Negative challenges. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, Second Corinthians 2, verse 11. I'm sorry if it's not in the in what I sent out, but I'll just wait for you guys to put it up. Okay, so we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. It says that no advantage may be gained over us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his what? Of his devices. So, negative challenges most of the time comes from Satan taking advantage of us because we have certain weaknesses. All of us have certain what? Weaknesses. And Satan preys on those what? Weaknesses. So that's what this place is talking about. We cannot be ignorant of the devices of the devil because he's looking for those weaknesses to what? To pray on. First Peter 5 verse 8 says we should be what? Sober. Be vigilant. For our adversary, the devil, moveth about seeking for whom he will what? Devour. Or devour. <laughs> okay. So, Satan is out there. And he's our greatest what? Adversary. Looking for those weaknesses to, to, to bring negative challenges our way. He's very subtle. Very intelligent. And he adapts his strategy to suit our vulnerability or our weaknesses. So, let us look at one example where Satan was able to pray on the weakness of somebody in the Bible named Samson. In Judges chapter 16, verse 1. Judges chapter 16, verse 1. It says, Samson went to Gaza and saw a hallow there. And he went to her. What that means is that he, was, he slept with the harlot. That was a prostitute. Samson, if you read the Bible very well in, Samson, in Judges chapter 15, 
you see that Samson was somebody who was ordained by God from birth. He was, God had set him as a man to deliver the Philistines from, deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. They were under oppression. And God, God brought him out from the womb. He was anointed and said, you are going to save your people from the Philistines. And he was a special child. And he had a secret, which was what? His hair. But he had a weakness. And that weakness was what? Women. So he had a lust. He saw. When he saw, he was enticed. And he went and committed sin with that woman. If you read down there, he didn't stop there. You know, he went in again to another woman called Delilah. And he also had an affair with her. And all this while, Satan was what? Watching. We will not need to read through everything, but when you get home, you can read the whole book of Judges, chapter 16, from verse 1 to 30. You see that the Philistines, immediately they knew that Samson came around, they were ready for him. In this first case, he was able to what? Escape. But when he went again to Delilah, she enticed him, and in one moment of pleasure, he gave out what? His secret. Praise the Lord. And the life of Samson took another route. Who knows what God had planned for him had he continued on his path. But Satan was around the corner looking to prey on that weakness that he had. And Satan was able to get him. He's not going to get you in Jesus' name. We're going to move on to positive challenges. Because that's where I really want to focus on tonight. Positive challenges. Let's use an illustration of a child. When a child is born, the first thing, you know, in Africa, um, we see the child has to overcome. is He has to learn how to eat. And so we say he has to learn how to latch onto the breast of the mom to suck. Praise the Lord. And then, from there, he's growing. The next thing, he learns how to crawl. From crawling, he learns how to what? Stand. From standing, he has to learn how to walk. And then, he goes to school. So, when you look at it, in each of these phases, there's a certain level of difficulty that the child has to overcome to move on to the next phase. Praise the Lord. So when you look at it that way, you can see that God created us to face challenges. Praise the Lord. We were made to what? Face challenges. They have to come our way. If you look at Let's look at Joseph Joseph was someone that went through a couple of challenges. Genesis chapter 39 verse 12. Genesis chapter 39 verse 12. It says, And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment on her hand and fled around outside. Because of time, I, I don't want to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to give you the story. This was Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Joseph was a man, he was the son of Jacob. You know, he had 
there were a total of 12 siblings, 12 sons. And God had revealed himself to Joseph and given him a dream and told him, look, you are going to be a great man. In one of those dreams, he saw all his brethren coming down to bow before him. In another dream, the sun and the moon and stars, they all came and they, 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 were, they were worshipping him. And so, so Joseph knew his purpose. He knew why God called him. And he knew the word of God. He knew God. So when he was faced with this challenge, whereby his brothers had sold him, his brothers sold him as a slave, you know, to Ishmaelites. And when they got to Egypt, he was sold to Potiphar. And he was now in Potiphar's house as a slave, serving what? Potiphar and his wife. And the woman kept enticing him. Sleep with me. Sleep with me. Not once, not twice. And on a certain day, when nobody was there, she came again. Lie with me. And what this place says is that because Joseph knew where he was going, he made up his mind that he would not what? Sleep with her. And he escaped. Praise the Lord. You shall escape in Jesus' name. Whatever Satan has planned for you to bring you down, you will escape it in the name of Jesus. So, so Joseph... Because Joseph knew where he was going to, he was able to see beyond the, 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 that current pleasure that he would have enjoyed. He was able to see beyond, to know that he's going somewhere. And if you read through, you read forward and see what Joseph went through. He had to go to prison. The next place was what? Prison. That was another challenge. That was another difficulty. Each of these was not easy. From being a son in his, in his father's house, to going to become a slave, to going to become a prison. These were preparations that God was making for him. He had to pass through this to gain the required experience for what God has prepared ahead for him. And some of us may be going through certain challenges, wondering, why am I going through this? Problem today, problem tomorrow? You are created to solve that problem. You are created to solve that problem. By the power of God, you shall overcome. In Jesus' name. So Joseph went through and he kept that dream that he had from God. And that saw him through. Even when he went to prison, God was able to help him. From prison, he was lifted up to become the vice president of Egypt. Praise the Lord. He had faith in God. Pastor has been talking about faith. Talking about raising 40 million or 20 million dollars 40 million dollars it takes faith to have it it takes faith and boldness to keep saying it and that's what Joseph believed his faith in God that God who gave him that dream will bring it to pass he believed God God wants us to believe him what has God said concerning you some of you will be asking what's my purpose your purpose is in God's word praise the Lord Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter, I think it's Hebrews chapter, um, should be 11, right? It says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You have a purpose. The Bible says, those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those that know their God. So, when you know God, 
even no matter what it is, no matter what the situation is, you are confident. And knowing God comes by knowing His Word, studying His Word, meditating on His Word. The Word I have hid in my heart that I will not what, sin against thee. It's the same thing that was told to Joshua. I said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you meditate on it day and night. Therein you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Praise the Lord. Let me not digress further, but let us look at the second challenge. We're looking at the children of Israel. The children of Israel, they had to go through a journey from Egypt. Joseph was the one that brought them there. This Joseph we talked about in the first positive challenge we looked at. God used him to deliver his people from famine. And Jacob and the other brothers, they all came to live with Joseph in Egypt. And if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 2 to 3. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 2 to 3. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God. All the way, these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble you. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way, these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble you and test you. To know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. So God tested the children of Israel. He put them to, so God allows us to face challenges. And when I look at it, when I was reading this place, I began to see that, you know, the Bible is the most important, is the most important book on earth. Because everything we do in the secular world, in, in our places of work, we have what they call uh, development, leadership development. You know, people are taking through a specific path because they're going to, they, they see them as people who will be the future leaders, the future managers, CEOs, you know, right from when they are employed. They are identified and they are given certain tasks to handle. Every four years, they move them here, they move them there. All that was gotten from the Bible. When you look at what God did, look at Joseph and look at what he did with the children of Israel. He knew where he was taking them to. Taking them to the promised land. But in that place, they had to fight battles. They had to go there and destroy and kill the giants in the land. They were not just going there to sit down and rest, but there was work to do. And only those who were prepared and who would believe completely in him had to go there. So God had to test them to see whether they would believe in him. He wanted to see their hearts. So he passed them through those challenges. And you look at it. In um, Exodus chapter 15, let us look at one specific, there were a lot of challenges they went through. But let us look at a particular one. Exodus chapter 15, from verse 22 to 27. It says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, And they went three days in the wilderness, and they found no water. Let's continue. Now, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because the water was what? Bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, 
what shall we drink? If you, if you go home, read Exodus chapter 14. Read the whole of Exodus chapter 14. Because it's, this story starts from there. But because of time, we cannot read all of that. If you, if you read that place, you see that God has just delivered Israel from the Red Sea. They had just crossed the Red Sea. This is a mighty ocean, a mighty river. And God parted the water. A great miracle that had not happened before. And the Egyptians that were pursuing them, they had all drowned in that, in that river. And in fact, in the early part of Exodus 15, the children of Israel, they were singing and praising God. What a wonderful work God has done. You know, they were so happy. Ah, they saw the Egyptians dead on the water. But immediately they left that place. They faced the next challenge. And what did they do? They failed. They started complaining. The water is bitter. How can we bring us to this place? So drink this bitter water. You know, what are we going to do? They forgot to see beyond the problem. They made the problem bigger than the promises of God. God had told them, I am taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And they looked at that problem as bigger than where, where they were going to. That problem blinded their eyes. God wants us to see beyond the challenge we are facing. He wants us to just, if it's possible, to peel off that challenge and look, at, and look ahead. Praise the Lord. Let's continue reading. The next, the next verse. Sorry, uh, I... Let, let's go, go back to 2024 20, 20, or 23. Okay. Okay. Go to the next one. Okay. So, they cried unto Moses. They complained to Moses. And what did Moses do? Moses was one of the only ones there that knew God. Praise the Lord. And so he cried to God. He said, Lord, what do we do? And God showed him a tree. God always creates a way of asking for you. No matter what the situation is, there is a way. All we need to do is to just humble ourselves and say, Lord, what, is, what should I do in this matter? He will, he will show you a way in the name of Jesus. He cried to God and there was, there was a plant. He said, throw it inside the water. And immediately he threw it inside the water. The water was made sweet. Let's go to the next verse. Next verse. And God told them, said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on, your, on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. Praise the Lord. God is a mighty God. Go to the next verse. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve wells of water and seventy palm trees, so they camped there by the waters. Can you see that? So just beyond Mara was Elim. When I read this place, it just became clear to me. Look at that. They, the water they were looking for was just in the next place. Beyond that challenge was the solution. But because they put that challenge as bigger than God, it became a problem. God wants us to trust him. 
Now, you may say, ah, this thing, but it's taking so long, you know? It's taking so long. But God wants us to be patient. You know, he wants us to be patient. And there is no, you can't, you can't time God. He just wants you to have long-suffering and patience. He's preparing you for something greater. All he expects from you is just to what? To wait on him. Wait on him. Amen. So, as I said, as I was saying earlier on, when you, you bring it home, you look at the educational system. A child has to go to school. And, for instance, you have your, your, um, your, your high, middle and high school here, right? So, to move from one class to the next, you have to do examinations, right? If, you're not, if you don't pass the exam, you can't go to the next level. It's the same way that God expects us to face these challenges. Because He's preparing us for what? Something greater. And when we get there, we need to be what? Experienced enough to what? To stand and administer and carry out the work that God has for us. The same thing in my place of work. When they say you are promoted, you dance and celebrate, and people dance and celebrate with you, but you know that the work is what? It's more. <laughs> so the expectation is that you are going to deliver more, and then you get more pay. Praise the Lord. So it's, that is how it is with what challenges. Tell your neighbor, you are created to solve problems. You are created to solve challenges. You are created to solve problems. No matter what the situation is. And one of the biggest challenges that the world is facing today is what? Coronavirus. Praise the Lord. But didn't God know that coronavirus will come? So if we look at it from that reference frame, then we know, and God says, you shall live and not die. Amen? He said, I shall not die but live. But I will declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. So, why would I be afraid that coronavirus is going to kill me? God has said in his word. He said, you shall trample over snakes and scorpions. And, you know, and over all, over all whatever Satan has to offer. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. He said, because I will give my angels charge over you to keep you through coronavirus. So why are you sitting down at home and saying, I can't come to church because of coronavirus? Did you plan to die this year? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you did plan to die this year and it is not God's plan for you to die. God's plan is for you to be alive. So I am going to be in church whether Satan likes it or not, because coronavirus is going away. Praise the Lord. So you have victory over coronavirus. Through God's word. Praise the Lord. And that's the way it is for any other challenge that you may be going through or you may be facing. Every solution, every solution to all challenges is in the word of God. It's in the Bible. So you find it and you dwell on it and you focus on it, and it will happen. 
I was telling Pastor about how I, I started working with the company I work now, Chevron. When I graduated from university in Nigeria in the year 2006, there was a boom in the banking industry. I studied mechanical engineering. And so the expectation then in our home was that I should get a job immediately because we were going through financial difficulty. But I told myself, even right while I was in school, I'm going to work in the oil and gas industry. I'm not going to work in a bank. And so I kept applying and I, I wrote it down in front of my Bible. I said, I'm a facilities engineer in Chevron. Praise God. And every morning I woke up, I, I confess it, I'm a facilities engineer in Chevron. I applied to Shell, I applied to ExxonMobil, I wrote their exams, and they didn't call me. But I refused to apply to a bank. And the pressure was there, because there was no money. After spending money on you, and then you are sitting down and told me every day, I said, God, I'm a facilities engineer in Chevron. And then suddenly, they just called me, one of my colleagues, my, my, my fellow classmates in school called me and said, ah, there's an opportunity in Chevron. They are, they are looking for graduates from the community because we're from the oil and gas production community in Nigeria. Come and apply, come and apply. He took me to the office. I submitted the application and then waited for, for them to call me. They didn't call me and they called everybody. They called everybody for the test. And just a day to the test, my mom went to the office to inquire, ah, what's going on? Because my mom was working as a contract nurse with Chevron. So she was able to get to the HRO and say, ah, my son applied for this opportunity. He hasn't gotten his letter. And then they say, ah, they've been looking for, waiting for him. Look at the letter here. The address was wrong. And that's how I got the letter. I did the first aptitude test. And then to get to the next stage, which was the, uh, because we had to write three exams, which was the what skills test to check your knowledge of engineering. And so I still did not get a letter. I had to write an email to the, uh, to the department. I said, everybody has gotten a letter. I don't have a letter. And then they sent me, the same issue of my email address was wrong. And they sent it to me. I wrote the second stage, and then they called me for interview, which I did. After the interview, I learned that they had called about four people to resume, but I was not called. But I kept confessing every day, I'm a facilities engineer in Chevron. And so, it, you know, six months had passed. They didn't call me. Another opportunity came in the same Chevron, but it was of a lower level. It was not an engineering position. It was a, you know, like a, a, a technical position, a junior, a junior employee. But I put in for it, and this one went very fast. <laughs> I passed everything. They called me for medical. On the day I was going for medical, somebody called me and said, ah, is that Daniel Alikba? I said, yes. Say, ah, they've been looking for you to come and resume as a facility engineer in Chevron. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you hold on to God, God will fulfill his word in your life. So instead of resuming as a junior engineer, I resumed as a senior engineer in Chevron. Praise the Lord. That's what God did for me because I held on to his word. God expects us to just hold on to him. 
So we can see that challenges have benefits. Praise the Lord. Challenges have what? Benefits. The first benefit of challenge is that God wants us to draw close to Him. God wants us to draw closer to Him. So when He takes you through that route, could be painful, could be, you know, could be a struggle, could be a shaking. You know, it's not so easy, but He wants you to connect with Him. He wants you to stay close to Him. And when you pray and you study His Word, He will speak to you. He speaks to us through His Word. Just every day you wake up, you ask God for guidance. How do I handle this matter? You know, how, what do I do? And then He wants you to come to church. Because when you have, it says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. You know, so when you come together, you know, He wants you to share with one another. He wants us to confide. You know, and if you are not comfortable confiding in any person, you can confide with your pastor. You know, you can confide with your, with your pastor, Pastor Angela, Pastor Goodluck, Pastor Mike, Pastor Larry, they are here. Share your burdens. And, you, you know, God can give them a word. And when you go back with that word, it's a solution to that challenge you are facing. Praise the Lord. I don't know if I would have been here, you know, this, this, for this message because I was told to come back to Nigeria, I think, uh, two days ago to work. I spent four weeks and my people in Nigeria said I should come back that, ah, everywhere is getting very busy now, you know, and they don't have anybody. I told my wife and Ogogo and uh, I said, I can't go back. I have to take to the doctor tomorrow and I have to preach. So let's pray. So, and then I called my supervisor. He said, ah, we're very busy, we're very busy, you know. And then I said, well, let's pray. I didn't agree with him that I'm going back. I told him, well, they should find a solution. So, and they began to pray. And the next day, I got a, a, a message. Tell us when you are coming back. We have, we have found somebody to work for you. Praise the Lord. Sometimes the solution... God can intervene immediately, like this one. But in other instances, it may take one year, two years, three years. But He expects us to continue to wait on Him. So challenges enables us to grow spiritually. Praise the Lord. It's a process of growth. Just like the child is going through nursery school, goes to what? Uh, primary, which is your elementary and then goes into middle school, right? And then high school. And then those who want to go to college, they go to college. And, you know, those who want to be doctors like Pastor Angela and Pastor Goodluck, they go to higher, you know, get higher degrees. And so it's a, it's a growth process. So it is spiritually. For us, this coronavirus is a period where God wants to draw closer to Him. You know, and He will show us great things. That he has ahead of ahead for us in Jesus' name. Challenges lastly enables us to see God's power. Sometimes, if these challenges are not there, you will not be able to see that God is powerful. Amen. God is a powerful God. So he heals us. He heals all diseases. So sometimes, if we are sick, 
Let us know that God wants to heal you. Just like he said there, say, I am the Lord that healed thee. I am the Lord, your healer. He is here to heal you tonight. In the name of Jesus. So no matter what that difficulty is, God is more powerful than it. God is more powerful than it. God will show his power in your life in the name of Jesus. He will show his power in your life. He will show his power in the life of your son, of your daughter, in your business, in the name of Jesus. Every hold of Satan over your business is broken now, in the name of Jesus. Every hold of Satan over your family is broken now, in the name of Jesus. Broken in the name of Jesus. Broken in the name of Jesus. By God's great power, in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I'm wrapping up. Some of us, we talked about the negative challenges and we are looking at, oh, I made a mistake here. Could that be why Satan has had an inroad into my life? I want to let you know that God is a loving and merciful father. And that's why he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us. To rescue us from our sins. So he's able to forgive us. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from those unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. All we have to do is to just say, Lord Jesus, I've made a mistake here. I want you to help me. I want you to what? Come and help me. God wants us to desire him. Desire his power. You need God's power to overcome challenges. You need God's power. And that power is available if you ask him to come in. You need the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, help me. And it's a daily affair. Every day you talk to him. I want you, Lord. Come and help me. Come and help me. And he's with you. He says, I will never leave you, nor what? Forsake you. So that gives you the boldness to face the challenge. Because you know that he's with you. Praise the Lord. When Satan comes with fear, because what you are seeing is you are seeing the challenge. So, and he create, brings fear, right? God wants you to know that what? He's with you. Look at 1 Chronicles when you get to him. 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And 1 Peter. Let's, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape for you that you may be able to bear it. So there is an end. Praise the Lord. No matter what it is, there is an end. It will make a way of escape for you. It will make a way of escape for you in the name of Jesus. There is an end. I want us to rise up on our feet. Just begin to pray. Cast those cares upon him. It says, cast all your burdens on him, for he cares for you. Cast all your worries on him. Cast all your cares on him. He's here to take that burden away. No matter what it is, cast all your cares on him. Just, just, just look unto him as your helper. The psalmist said, 
in Psalm 121. It says, I will look on to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from God who make the heaven and the earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He who keeps me will not slumber. He that keepeth Israel will not slumber nor sleep. For the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shield upon your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. He will preserve you from all evil. Look unto him who is your helper. Look unto God who is your healer. Look unto him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, these are your children. Look at us, O Lord. Father, Lord, you are God who is able to do all things. Take these ones to their healing. In the name of Jesus, that place of rest, that place where water is abundant, blessings are abundant, move them to that next place of rest. Take those burdens away. Take those challenges away. Let them have cause to give glory to you. To testify, even this year 2020, in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah.